1: miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to The
2: Eagle
0: Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Eagle Hour. Bob Getty with you this afternoon from the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. And I want to I take just a moment to thank First Bank, officially renewed yesterday as our presenting sponsor and studio sponsor. Uh, hard to express our gratitude to First Bank, the original sponsor of The Eagle Hour. And now we're happy to say... Uh, with us for another year and we could not be happier. Great show coming up today. Joey Hawkins is going to be talking about some exciting stuff that will be taking place on his show inside the locker room here on Super Talk in the the new year. Also, I'm about to bring my buddy Al Holder, our official Eagle Hour correspondent, uh, back on the show. Uh, First, I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the opening segment. Justin and the gang, just great guys, delicious food, seven days a week. Right here in Hattiesburg, in their dining room, open again. You can enjoy it drive-through, in dining, or they'll deliver it right to your home. However, you choose, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue. So, yesterday, if you were listening to the show, we had a fantastic interview with a uh, with a member of the 1987 Nit National Championship Team, Derek Hamilton, and it was just a fabulous. Uh, it was a fabulous conversation last night. Uh, I began to receive pictures uh, on my phone uh, from our official Eagle Hour correspondent, Al Holder, from downtown Manhattan in 1987 hanging with Derek and Casey Fisher and uh, the guys right after that magical time in Southern Miss sports history. So I asked Al to come on the show today and and put all this in perspective for me. Al, I, I... as much time as you and I spend together at baseball, I never knew you were there the night the the team won the NIT national championship. And it's a long time ago, but I just don't think you can talk about it too much. Tell us about that night.
2: That was uh, I have to go back in time a little bit. The uh, that year was just an awesome year in uh, Southern Miss basketball history. It was just just a phenomenally fun year. That that team was. Uh, uh, was more fun to watch, and uh, pulled off some great upsets, uh, and just just won some great games. Uh, when you called me this morning, uh, I was I started thinking about some of the uh, some of the things that were going on, and I remember uh, before we made the final four out there to go to New York, uh, we were uh, going to go up to Nashville and play. Uh, Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt had a terrific uh, basketball team that year with an All American by the name of Will Perdue, right. big seven foot guy. And uh, somebody, when we were talking to MK, and somebody uh, asked him, said, uh, Well, what are you going to do about uh, How are you going to defend uh, Will Perdue? They just lob the ball into him and, and, you know, he stuffs it in the hole. And, they, and uh, Turk's comment was, Well, we're going to see how many times he can change ends. <laughs> <laughs> and some sometime about halfway through the second half, Purdue was over there with his hands on his knees. He could not run anymore. He was absolutely they ran him to death, Randolph and those guys. That was more fun. The uh, and, and I got to thinking about uh, some of the personalities on the team. You were talking yesterday to Derek and Derek just he was he, Derek just has a great infectious personality. He's always got a smile on his face and he's fun to be around and just just a really neat guy and, and he he was one of many like that on the team. Uh, well, one guy that I just loved was old Willie Brown. Willie really was, if you put him in the game, you knew something was about to happen. He was going to foul somebody. Somebody was <laughs> going to foul him. He was about to get a rebound. He was about to take three people out and put them on the bench somehow. You know, just Willie made stuff happen on the floor, so when MK needed somebody to go out there and change what was going on on the floor because he didn't like it, he put Willie in there and believe me, something was about to happen. He was a lot of fun. All
0: right, so clearly you were there when they won the championship. So you traveled to New York to watch them play, and then I got these great pictures. We're going to get them up on our social media hopefully later today. Uh, uh, Let me say, man, a young, sharp-looking Al Holder Hanging yeah. out with the guys in Manhattan. And what was the mood like, Al?
2: That we were having more fun. I went up with uh, Lamar Reynolds. Uh, some of y'all may remember him. He was uh, Skippy. He was an uh, old attorney brother of mine. And we went to all the games together. He, he set the record for the number of football games in a row, home and away. Uh-huh. I forget how many it was. It was just short of 300, I think. And uh, I, I probably went to 85 90% of those games with him. And, but anyway, we traveled up, stayed at the hotel, the Marquee, the Marriott Marquee there at Times Square. That's where the team was. We all hung out together. Uh, I showed you one of the pictures. We were down on 42nd Street just wandering around having a good time. And it was just a, it was a, just a, I don't know. It's just hard to explain how much fun that was. Yeah, just you know, being around those guys and everything.
0: The the atmosphere in Madison Square Garden in the championship game, electric, exciting. How, how was that?
2: Yes, and uh, it was. I mean, the 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 nit uh, the finals up there, brought big crowds and a lot of people. Uh, and uh, I had never been to Madison Square Garden. I mean, I'd been to New York, but i and it's just a like this. Building just sitting in the middle of uh, uh, of Manhattan there, but uh, when you go in, it's a it's a historic place. They're, they're, you know, it, when you walk in, they've got pictures of all the boxing matches and you know Rocky Marciano, all these people, Floyd Patterson, uh, all of the great events that have happened at Madison Square Garden, and a uh, lot of people in there. The uh, the teams were uh, well represented. Everybody was uh, having a good time. You played uh, one game, and then uh, you know, flipped around the next day. You played. uh, uh, We played in the finals, and it was. uh, uh, You've seen the picture of Alan Chapman uh, standing out there Mm -hmm. with the sign. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just forty-five seconds of uh, fame of uh, glory.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I know you listen to the show uh, on our podcast every night. Uh, I, I was just curious your thoughts when we were talking to Derek yesterday, and. And here's a guy that uh, in 87, you're hanging out with him, and you know he's a kid playing basketball, and, and now he's got a son that's an All-American at Notre Dame, an All-American football player at Notre Dame. My word, time has passed, Al. Uh,
2: it's unbelievable. And I did not know that until I listened to the show yesterday, but uh, Derek was a great athlete. I mean, he, he probably he could have been above – a wide receiver in football. I mean, he just, but he, he just had an infectious personality. He, he, he just, he kept everybody loose on that ball club. And, uh, just, just a, a great personality. I saw a lot of these guys, uh, at, a, at homecoming, uh, two years ago. And, uh, at, they were tailgating and, um, mm-hmm. uh, we, we reminisced about a lot of stuff there. Randolph was down and, uh, I think Willie was there and, uh, mm-hmm but Remember, if Casey was there, uh, another player that uh, you had two players, John White and Gerardo, Gerardo Hinton. Right. They, everybody, everybody contributed. I mean, it's like when they hit the floor, they were out there to to do something, and they did it. It was uh, a lot of energy uh, right. came off the bench.
0: Great to hear yesterday too that all of those guys are still with us. All of them are still in touch with one another. Uh, Al, a couple of minutes left uh am i wrong in saying that that was the greatest moment in southern miss athletics uh
2: yeah the, we, we've had some pretty good ones uh, you know the uh, uh when, when Clarence was there uh uh we we had we won some awfully big games and and uh that was just an era in uh southern miss basketball that i, I don't think it's been matched since then obviously and uh but the whole era there from you know like 85 86 87 through about 91 92 right that was just a a great time at southern miss uh, to go to a basketball game a lot of fun and and reed green coliseum to me is as good a place to watch basketball because it's not a bad seat in the house right and the noise in there is unbelievable when we beat louisville Oh, and they had Purvis Ellison and all of that and Kenny Seiler. Crazy times. Oh, just unbelievable,
0: yeah. Uh, I want to take the last minute, obviously, M.K. Turk led that great era. Uh, Coach McGinnis' name came up yesterday, and I think oftentimes he's kind of overlooked, but I thought he was always a a really big part of the success in that era.
2: He absolutely was. Good X and O's guy, and he was a a terrific recruiter. He, He was heavily involved in recruiting, of all these kids and everything, and he helped put all of that together. Mk though was just you could not meet a nicer gentleman. No. He was just a wonderful guy, but really competitive. I mean, he loved winning, and he and he let those guys once he found out that 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 they could play basketball the way that he let them run and shoot and dunk. I mean, it was uh, it was a, a lot, lots and lots of fun.
0: Well, you know, one of the great things for me and you about being our age, Al, is, is we got to just see some of the great, great moments in our university's athletic history. And certainly the 87 NIT championship is right there among them. Hey, always good to have you on the show. We'll be having you on plenty as we enter a new year. And as always, I thank you, my friend.
2: One more thing. You know Jay Ladner was a member of that
0: team. Absolutely, and now he's in charge. So uh, it just gets better. All right, Al, thanks, buddy. Happy New Year. Take care. All right, happy New Year. Al Holder, everybody. Official Eagle Hour correspondent. And uh, as you just heard, an eyewitness to the 87 NIT National Championship basketball game. We'll be back.
2: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern
0: Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. We're glad you're with us. We want to thank Al Holder for sharing some of those 1987 Nit Championship memories with us. Uh, we'll get those pictures up of a young Al Holder uh, carousing downtown New York with uh, Derek Hamilton and Casey Fisher. <laughs> Today or tomorrow on the Eagle Hour Facebook page. All right, on the show now is a legendary high school football coach and great friend of ours, Joey Hawkins, co-host of a show we're so proud to have here on Super Talk Hattiesburg and supertalkhattiesburg.com inside the locker room. And, uh, Coach, always good to hear from you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Bob. and always, always great to be on the Eagle Hour. We appreciate your time very much. All right, now we're about to kick off a new year with Inside the Locker Room, be this Thursday night here at uh, at uh, 97.3 Hattiesburg, or you can hear it anywhere in the world on uh, supertalkhattiesburg.com. I hear you guys have a big show to start the year off. We do. We, we've got
2: John K starting quarterback role Miss back in the late 70s, early 80s, and uh, John Bond, who was a quarterback in the late 70s, Remember, the Lord at Mississippi State, and then we also have Norman Joseph. Norman Joseph was former offensive coordinator at Southern Miss. He was at Mississippi College a long time as head coach, and now he's the offensive coordinator at Catholic High in Baton Rouge, and they won the state championship uh, a week ago. Yeah, well, great. And so uh, we're glad to have Norman back on. So we got John 4K John Bond, two great quarterbacks uh, back in their era, and uh, Norman Joseph.
0: You've had a lot of great guests, but now you had Broadway Joe Namath on the show in the past year. How are you going to top that in 2021, Coach?
2: Well, you know, we're, we're, we're working. You know, it's fun. We just kind of keep working on guys. Uh, it's hard to get numbers, uh, but we, uh, we've we got a couple of guys coming on. We've got uh, Jace Robertson with Duck Dynasty coming on in uh, three weeks. And we've got Franco Harris coming on this month. Wow, so we're excited!
0: Franco Harris, the immaculate reception. Franco Harris, I gather.
2: Oh yeah, I was a big Raider fan. I was a ninth grader. I cried for like two days when he made that play.
0: All right, so tell me how do you how do you locate Franco Harris to be on inside the locker room?
2: Well, you know we've had uh, well we used the Southern Miss alumni, Lewis Lip.
0: Uh huh.
2: You know the Drake right. Steeler player, right? And uh he got it okay, so we get the number. So we don't try to, you know, we just don't call them right away. You know, we'll we'll wait and see and let a friend tell them, hey, look, they're calling from so and so. But what's been amazing, Bob, is every guest we've ever had like that, nobody's ever turned us down. Right,
0: they, they
2: may have to wait a while. So it's been kind of fun, you know, trying to trying to get people like that and great hall of famers. You, know. you
0: and your co host who we don't want to forget that uh, you guys uh it's my observation that you love every minute of this show.
2: Oh, we do. You know, we cover high school football, uh then you know, we cover SEC football, we cover Southern Miss pretty good. Uh Heath uh Hinton is a is a big uh, regular on our show. Right. And you know Heath real oh, good yeah. over Gold Nation. And uh Neville's just so fun to work with. I mean Neville's one of the great coaches of all time, you know, so We've had a fun, fun time uh, uh, doing this show and just so thankful for Super Talk for allowing us to do it.
0: And Neville, Coach Barr, he was a pretty big star at Southern Miss in his day. Am I right about that, Coach?
2: He had a bunch of six-yard catches, Bob. Of <laughs> 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 I hope he's listening. He'll fall out laughing. Look, one night we had Rocky Phelps on our show, and Rocky Phelps was talking about this when they played Southern Miss. and, and uh, So Rocky was – you know, he was – the most favorite player in the SEC that year. Mm-hmm. And so we was talking about it. And I said, Rocky, do you remember that six-yard catch by Neville? Neville was trying to stop me in the middle <laughs> of it. But, but Neville did have two six-yard catches in that game. I wanted to <laughs> clarify that. But, yeah, Neville was uh, you know, he was a great player back in the in the 70s, played with Ray Guy and some of those uh, great players. And, uh, right, right. Uh, Neville's a, a true Southern myth
0: alumni and fans. No question. And I know you know Ben Willoughby, and Ben celebrated, I think, his 81st birthday yesterday, and I saw Bud Holmes post something about Ben Willoughby, a former Southern Miss great. He said, what Ben lacked in size, he made up with no speed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been there, too. Yeah, we know all about that. That's
0: great. All right, so uh, we want to encourage everybody to listen uh, every week to uh, Inside the Locker Room. Real quick, let them know what time, what time um, Thursday nights. Yes.
2: Uh, thir- Thursday night, six to
0: seven uh, each week of the
2: year. And this week we have John Fourcade. Uh, John Bond and Norman Jones, so we're looking forward to bringing great. up the New Year it's a great
0: show. All right. Well, I got you now on the show. I want to talk to you about a couple other things. You're a man that uh, has spent your adult life and your career very successful. Uh, high school track and field and high school football coach. Uh, you know, legendary, really. Uh, you, so you know, you know about dealing with kids, and one thing that struck me this year, and we we talked about it earlier this week on the show, is uh, is the number of kids when I was watching bowl games during the holidays that quote unquote opted out, that just chose not to play. You know, the the last bowl game with a football program they had been associated with for four years. I'm an old school guy, coach, but is opting out just not the new term for quitting?
2: Well, you you know, opting out in so many ways. They can opt out for the bowl game. They opt out in the middle of year. Things are not going their way. They just go into the transfer portal. And, um, you know, I'm kind of old school, so I don't agree with that. You start with a team. You finish with a team. Now, with with the new rules where you can transfer at the end of the season, if you feel like you you can get advantage somewhere else, well, I can okay that but not in the middle of season or going to bowl game. But, but like I say, you know, some of these guys are going to make a lot of money. They don't want to get injured in the bowl game. So, you know, it's a, it's a fine line there. But um, all old coaches, has been around a long time. We just got taught when you start something, you
0: finish it. All right, now put yourself in the place of a, of a college football coach. This is really what struck me watching this. You've got teams that you've got players who opted out chose not to play in the bowl game. Yet, those players are on the sidelines, in civilian clothes, with the football team, enjoying the bowl trip, enjoying all the banquets, but opt out of playing in the game. Would you have allowed that?
2: Well, I tell you what, Bob, I was, well, I've got to be honest here. If I was making three to five a year, i may be allowed. <laughs> yeah.
0: That changes a lot of things, doesn't it, Coach? <laughs>
2: You know, if I was making you know three to five million dollars, I'd say okay, dude, okay. You know, but uh, but I still would you know agree with it. But but the main thing about opting out is when you when you get to transfer a pool in the middle of the year just because things didn't go your way, right? That's what I disagree with more than anything.
0: Right, and some kids, I want to point out, some kids did opt out this year because of COVID-19, we talked about a, a young man up at Ole Miss, an offensive lineman, his father, very, very ill from the virus. Practic- they, they came within a whisker of losing him, and, uh, yeah. and and that kid opted out because he just didn't want to take a chance on bringing any of that back into his family. That's a completely different scenario, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. You know, you know it's just when they gave you the transfer portal, you know, it just opened up a, a new – Avenue where players, I mean, if you look at Mississippi State's roster right now, they got, they got under 55 scholarship players, mm-hmm. you know, out of 85. I mean, so many people opted it out and all, you know, but look, that's just part of the territory now, you know, uh, it would drive me crazy being a coach, you know, uh, people just, you know, don't start the first three or four games and go to transfer portal, but that's just the lay of the land and that's the way it's going to be, but um, a lot of it I don't I don't agree with.
0: All right, Coach, we've got one more college football game coming up. Some debate now whether or not it will actually be played next Monday night or maybe delayed a few days because of COVID issues. But nevertheless, you've got Alabama, which I guess is no surprise. They're there. You had a 6-0, a team that only played six games coming into the playoffs in Ohio State, took some criticism. But i got to tell you, Coach, they looked really good in the semifinals. Can Ohio State upset Alabama?
2: It would take um, it, it would take a lot of uh, Alabama would have to turn the ball over more than three times I think for them to have a shot. They are explosive. They got some really dynamite players, but Alabama, I mean, they just they're just almost too good on offense. You just can't hold down all those weapons. I mean, and they utilize seven or eight guys, and you got Najee Harris that can run around you, run over you. You got the Heisman Trophy winner and Smith in wideout. Um, they got a solid offensive line, great quarterback makes decisions. Um, you'll have to score in the forties to beat them. I'll say that.
0: Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach in history, now.
2: And no question, you no know doubt about
0: it. I mean, right. you got to
2: give him credit, whether you love him or you don't. Uh, what he's done and what he's achieved, and uh, but I will say this now: to be great. And be great every year, you're gonna have great players, okay? So coaching can get a little tiny overrated, but you gotta give the man credit. He's uh he's been amazing.
0: Yeah, you gotta have the horse to win the race, don't you coach? Oh
2: no. No <laughs> question. I always said, I don't care what kind of coach you think I am, just give me the best players and you'll see.
0: <laughs> you'll see how good you I know? am, right? <laughs> All right, coach. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Inside the locker room this Thursday night, six o'clock, kicking off what we think is gonna be Another fantastic year. We're, we love having you guys part of the Super Talk family, Coach. Happy New Year to you. Hey,
2: thank you. Thank you, Bob. And always a pleasure.
0: All right. Joey Hawkins, everybody. The legendary Joey Hawkins. He and Neville Barr, of course, co-host of Inside the Locker Room. Check it out. If you haven't heard the show before, check it out this Thursday night. You'll be tuning in every Thursday night at 6. Kelly Sander. I'll locate him somewhere. Bring him on the show next.
2: southern miss to the top to the top you're
1: tuned in to the eagle hour
0: welcome back what a great day to go to fourth street bar and grill i'm sure they had a delicious plate lunch down there they do every day during the week just eight dollars and 95 cents pool tables dart boards tvs everywhere always the big game on at fourth street bar and grill and as uh my buddy Kelly Sander will attest, he and I have enjoyed a many a good meal there and uh food's always good. It's always fun at 4th Street, Kelly.
1: Yeah, a lot of, a lot of just about every southern miss fan there is, young and old likes to hang out at uh, at 4th Street and they only guarantee a good time in days that end in y. So, <laughs> yeah, right. so,
0: so our well. thanks uh to 4th Street for coming on with us another year and uh Always, uh, always happy to promote those guys. Uh, great guys, Slade and in the, the gang at four Street. All right, Kelly Center. I was talking basketball earlier in the show with uh, the one and only Al Holder, but you have some modern day basketball news. The rankings of all the conferences. How does Conference USA stack up in the eyes of the experts? It is interesting,
1: Bob, and and, and, uh, and let, let's talk about that. And I because I I do want to put my two cents worth in on Derek Hamilton too before the show ends if you don't mind. Sure. Since you brought it up, let's talk about it. Uh, the, the Massey ratings are out today. And, of course, the Massey ratings, as we've talked about on the show, rank all the college basketball teams, 1 through 350 or whatever it is. And, uh, and Southern Miss is up, actually, five spots uh, from last week. Still at the bottom of uh, the Conference USA rankings, but the Eagles up to 271 in the, uh, in the Massey ratings. Of course, they will head to UAB this weekend for that Friday-Saturday doubleheader. UAB, the only team in Conference USA that has not played a conference basketball game yet, but the Blazers are 7-1 and one on the year, so the Eagles have got their work cut out for them. A programming note, tomorrow here on the Eagle Hour, we will have the main man himself, Coach Jay Latner, will be here on the show to talk about uh, where the team is at this point as they head up to Birmingham for that Friday-Saturday doubleheader. But when it comes to conferences, the Massey rating also ranks all of the conferences as far as the strength of teams. And where Conference USA was uh, at the bottom of just about every football ranking that there was this season, Conference USA comes out at a respectable 13th out of 20 Division I conferences when it comes to basketball. According to the Rank, which is always respected, we are told, by all of the coaches across the country, the Big Ten Conference comes out. Number one, you know, you always hear about the strength of the ACC because of North Carolina and Duke and the, and those schools. But those schools are down this year. Big Ten comes in at the number one ranking this season, uh, the COVID season. In the number two spot comes the Big Twelve Conference. Mm-hmm. And while those two teams are at the top of the heap, at the bottom of the pile is a team, is a conference that we've talked about in football. The Sun Belt is nineteenth out of twenty. And the Big Sky Conference is 20th. This, according to the Massey ratings, again, Conference USA coming in 13th out of the 20 schools. So the top
0: five, Kelly, would be what? What are the top five basketball conferences?
1: I just noted the top two, Bob, Big Ten and Big 12. Right.
0: Okay. Do you have three, four, and five?
1: I, I don't have a game here I just right. took some notes
0: yeah I'm not really surprised at the Big 10 or the Big 12 when I when I think of the Big 12 man you know you you just you know that that's a kind of a run and gun your alma mater always plays very good basketball uh, Iowa State I guess Kansas is the kingpin still in the Big 12 correct
1: Well actually Baylor is number one Baylor? in the country
0: right now you know, is that Baylor right The
1: Bears are number 1 and and Kansas has been has been tough year in and year out the Texas Longhorns are ranked seventh in the country in basketball this year. So wow. This particular season, the Big Twelve is uh, is making, you know, quite right. a splash. And the Big Ten, the Iowa Hawkeyes, have been ranked in the top ten um, all year. And you know, some uh, Michigan State, you know, has always been has always been tough. So, all right. All right. Uh, but but I think you're seeing the the big despair the disparity this year with the ACC is that North Carolina is is not good. Duke is not good. Um, And even the SEC Kentucky has a losing record so far this year. Hmm. It's hard to believe. But um, a lot of these, you know, and and with these colleges, with basketball, a lot of these kids will stay a year or two and then jump right to the NBA. Right. So it's really tough for any of these schools to develop any sort of, you know, good teams year in and year out. And, again, with COVID and we've see we talked about here on this program, the transfer portal, it's just just rough. Right.
0: all right, Kelly. Junior college basketball is about to begin here in Mississippi, but a little different than normal.
1: You're right, Bob. They'll they'll start in a couple of weeks, and to deal with COVID and to try to cut down on the numbers of uh, of spectators, of school officials, of uh, you know support personnel, that what the NJCAA has decided to do, which is the toughest league in America, the Mississippi Junior College System. In the years past, it would be a women's-men's doubleheader with whatever two schools would be involved. Let's just use Jones and Pearl River, for example. So it would be the Jones and Pearl River women would play at like 530, and then the Jones and Pearl River men would play right after that, you know, either at Ellisville or in Poplarville. But what they've done this year, again, because of COVID protocols and the cut down on the number of people that could potentially be exposed, is they're going to do what Conference USA has always done, and they're going to still have uh, the the teams play, but they'll be at opposite locations. So in that same example that I gave you, if the Jones and Pearl River men are playing in Poplarville, the Jones and Pearl River women will play in Ellisville. Mm -hmm. So at each location, there will be single games, and they will be at 6 o'clock. So... People can still get off work and get to the ball game, but there won't be, you know, as many people because there won't be a doubleheader. The NJCAA wanted to make it clear that they like the women's and men's doubleheaders, which we have talked about on this program that we think Conference USA should adopt. But simply because of COVID protocols this year, it will cut down even in traveling, where the men's and women's teams would not be on the same buses. Uh, traveling. So the athletes themselves would not be exposed to as many people. So under the circumstances, um, you know, tough times call for tough answers. But they they hope that next year they can get right back to the doubleheader-type situation. But for this year, you know, wherever the men play, the women will play at the opposite location, all single games at 6 o'clock. And those games will start um, in in a couple weeks. And and they will play, you know, division games only. And the last uh, headline from uh, Southern Miss, congratulations to – linebacker Swayze Bozeman, football linebacker out of Florida, Mississippi. Swayze was uh, honored with the CUSA Spirit of Service Award, Bob, and, and each team has a has a player that wins that award based on their contributions to the, the city in which they live. Swayze does a lot of uh, community service work and things like that to try to make the area in which he plays football a better place to live. And so he was he was honored by Conference USA for that effort. Swayze Bozeman, linebacker out of Florida, the winner of the Conference USA Spirit of Service Award.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. That is the uh, town that my grandparents and my parents uh, lived in for ever since I was a kid. Ke- ever since I was a little boy, I used to uh, I used to fly home every year every summer from uh, Northern Virginia. Uh, my parents would put me on a Delta Airlines airplane and. Uh, I'd sit right up in the front. These were the good old days, Kelly. You could sit right up in the front with the stewardess, pay a little extra. The stewardess meets you, takes care of the kid, make sure the kid gets to the next uh, group of parents. And I would spend every summer in Floral, Mississippi. So I'm uh, I'm happy for Swayze Bozeman uh, and his hometown.
1: All right, and, a couple- and I know, and I know that you didn't mean stewardess, Bob. You meant flight attendant
0: of course of course i did yes absolutely <laughs> i don't want to insult anybody please don't stick the dixie darlings on me okay please, please <laughs> that's please. right
1: and of course uh, because you were in northern virginia that would explain why you were a washington football team that fan. is
0: correct yeah. all right now a couple of minutes left in this second about a minute and a half i'll give you 90 seconds i want your best Derek hamilton story
1: well, he used to, when when Derek Hamilton, you know, I was, I succeeded you as the sports director at WDAM TV in
0: Hattiesburg. Impossible job, but you did. I'm it sure. was.
1: T- t- tough, tough shoes to fill. <laughs> but uh, I had the honor of getting to host the MK Turk show, which was uh, which was produced locally by WDAM. And, and we saw early on that Derek Hamilton had a really, really good personality, very outgoing, very gregarious, and could almost be a stand up comic, you know? So we said one night, let's just, let's just run the cameras, give Derek Hamilton the microphone, and just let him do what he wants to do, whatever seems to hit him. So this one segment, he, we decided Derek was going to be coach for a day, and Coach Turk said, man, let him do whatever he wants to do. So he's in the locker room, we're filming this thing, and, and he's assigning the different guys different positions that they're not used to playing on. You know, So Randolph Keys was going to be the point guard, and you know, he was moving everybody around, and they were having fun with this. And two of the guys that hardly ever got to play, he looked at them and said, okay, now you guys are going to put. No, nah, you guys just stay on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> poor guys just looked at him so forlorn, like, here we we thought we were going to get to participate in this. And even having some fun, they got the short yeah. end of the stick. But uh, Derek was quite a character, man. And that gold 23 lob play that they would do, where well, they would throw that lob pass up to Derek Hamilton, and he would slam it home. And when he did, the roof of Reed Green Coliseum right. would just come off of the place. It well, was, I, I got to tell you,
0: his, his, his appearance on the show yesterday stirred it up among some of our listeners. So uh, so Derek still has uh, a lot of charm and, uh, and a, lot of, uh, a lot of personality. He's just a great young man and uh, happy to have him. All right, Kelly, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. Let's come back and let's me and you talk about one of our very favorite things and that's going to be this weekend. Heli Center, 6 NFL playoff games in 2 days. We bound to be something we can talk about there, right? I think so. Heli Center continues with me right after this. The top. This segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by Hattiesburg Toyota. Biggest inventory of cars you'll find anywhere in South Mississippi. Great products, cars, SUVs, new and used, and of course, famous Toyota trucks. Great service after the sale. Alton and his gang will welcome you on the uh, grounds of Hattiesburg Toyota right here on Highway 98. And uh, we suggest if you're in the market for a newer pre-owned vehicle, you check them out before you make any final decisions. Last segment of the Eagle Hour for the day, Kelly and I want to talk a little bit about uh, NFL football. Uh, six games this weekend, Kelly. What is the uh, what is the lineup? And let's start with Saturday.
1: Okay, Saturday, the first game of the day will uh, CBS will have the TV coverage. It'll be uh, Indianapolis, which goes into the playoffs as the seventh seed in the AFC. They will go to Buffalo. Uh, you know those two teams used to be together in the AFC East, but then when they added the AFC South, Indianapolis went there. Indianapolis goes to Buffalo. That'll be a one hundred and five start. Buffalo, of course, the prohibitive favorite. And of course, I, I told you I think a couple of weeks ago, Bob, that I think I think Buffalo, not Kansas City, will be the representative, the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Buffalo is red hot right now.
0: Very great good. Football. Very good football team. Yes.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then the second game. Uh, Fox will have the coverage of that one. That'll be the, the in the NFC. The sixth seeded LA Rams will travel to uh, Seattle to take on the Sea Ducks. Uh, well, the Seahawks. I call them the <laughs> Sea Ducks, but it'll be the sixth uh, sixth seeded Rams against the Seattle Seahawks. That's the four hundred and forty game, and then the night game uh, on on NBC at FedEx Field in the nation's capital, if. The nation's capital hasn't been burnt to the ground. Right, Pretty uh, pretty
0: exciting there right now here, but that's for another show. that's
1: that's what we're hearing. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who you guys uh, say is led by the GOAT, I still think uh, number four, who lives right here in our backyard, is the best to ever play. But uh, Tom Brady, the uh, quarterback of the Buccaneers, takes his fifth seed Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the nation's capital to play the Washington football team, and I was telling you yesterday, Bob. I, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, that's the worst possible draw I think you could have because with that defensive front that Washington has, and as good as Tom Brady is, he's still 42 years old, right. Or whatever he is. I, I just I cannot imagine Chase Young and Sweat, you know, both of those guys. Coming after me when I'm 42 years old. I think if I saw them coming after me first, I would first I would say the word, and then I think I would actually do it.
0: Right. Well, I, and I thought it was an interesting comment from Bruce Arians, the coach of Tampa Bay. I read last night. He said, "We're not playing a seven and nine team because we're not playing Dwayne Haskins." We're playing a 4 and 1 team because we're playing against Alex Smith and that's the record when he's on the field. And I've seen a lot of criticism, believe it or not, Kelly from from Redskin fans uh, criticizing Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith is the toughest, most courageous man in professional sports right now.
1: And the thing about Alex Smith is I don't think he's ever gotten the credit that he deserves of being a good steady hand. Right. You know, when he was with the Chiefs Never did anything flashy, all he did was win, you know, and I think that comes from his conservative religious upbringing. you know, don't bring any attention to yourself if you're hired to do a job, just go do it, shut your mouth, and move on and that's exactly what he has done with the Washington football team right. so I, I wouldn't be surprised I mean I know you you kind of badmouth the Redskins all year, and I get it we we all Whatever our favorite team is, we tend to trash right. them lots of times. But right. it wouldn't surprise me at all if Washington wins that game. It really wouldn't. Because, I think it again,
0: could be close. Yeah,
1: that that Washington defensive front is just tenacious. Yeah. Uh, then on then on Sunday, Bobby, look at the schedule. On Sunday, Baltimore travels to Tennessee. The Ravens are the fifth seed. They'll go to Nashville to take on the Titans. That's the first game. ESPN. Uh, has that game? That's a tough matchup
0: there too. That's too, yeah, that's that'll, be, pretty that'll tough. be a
1: good one. You got two really good running teams battling each other there. Uh, then the second, the second game, which has a lot of Saints fans pretty scared because the, the it doesn't scare me necessarily. But the Chicago Bears will go to um, the Crescent City to take on the Hudats, nah. and that'll be the second game about uh, three forty. I think that starts in the afternoon. CBS will have the coverage of that one. And then the night game on Nickelodeon. I kid you not. All right, that's like a kid's channel. Um, the Cleveland Browns, who are the sixth oh, seed, man. will go in to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the three seed. Uh, that's the night game. And those two teams actually played each other just last week.
0: For right. the final that, that, the that's pretty season. tough, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so now they'll have to go uh, play each other again. Of course, they are rivals in the AFC North. And, and that, that's why they played each other last week, and now here again this week in the playoffs. Dare
0: I dare I say what you and I were talking about off air is uh, this could very well be the last game for Ben Rosselsberger and for um, and for the New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees. I,
1: well, there's there's already been reports out of New Orleans that Drew Brees has has told people that need to know mm-hmm. that um, that this is it. I mean, even you know, I think what first put the, the idea in his head was when he got squashed. You know, and those ribs got really hurt. Right. And then and, and he just he just looks a little bit more timid now since since he came back. And I, I think I think while going gets tough, let's just, he's had a great career. Let's pack it up. We'll see. We wish him the best. But how about going out with a Super Bowl ring?
0: There you go. I can't wait for this weekend, Kelly. Always good having you on the show, bud. We'll talk again tomorrow at one o'clock. All right, Bob, thanks so much. Until then everyone, Southern Miss. Exactly. Seven, seven, seven into the future or I want to fly like an eagle to the sea